Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, the crossover podcast here on 960theref.com. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes along with uh, David Johnston from The Morning Show. I am Chris Graham from The Home Team. And uh, we're coming at you a little bit earlier in the week than normal because uh, we do want to talk some Masters and uh, break that down. Uh, we'll touch on some Georgia football, of course. That is uh, our forte with G-Day now as we record this uh, a week and a half away. So you got uh, another week or so of spring practice before that winds down and then we'll also mix in some baseball because everyone's running hot in this state georgia and uh, the braves after getting swept by the phillies have now won uh, seven of their last eight games although on this we're recording this on wednesday they were supposed to play the rockies but they had a blizzard in denver so now atlanta has to go out there on august 26th to make that what day of the week is that it's a monday it's a monday okay in fact the braves are at the mets that weekend they were supposed to have a day off and go to Toronto. So now they've got to go New York, Denver, and then to Toronto. Toronto. And it's a two-game series in Toronto. Yeah. So how many plane Ugh. rides is that? Oh, that's brutal. Plane ride Sunday, and then a plane ride Monday, and then a plane ride on, guess, on so Wednesday. Red, yeah. I mean, now granted, they're they're not flying coach. They're no. not. They're not uh, Elaine Bennis, you know. Sure. But still, I mean, that's uh, and, th- and that's in the dog days. It's brutally hot. I mean, in in New York, Denver, and Toronto in August, it could be seventy five or eighty, or it could be ninety five or hundred in any of those cities. No, it. But you're also just at a point in the season where, you know, it's the the end of August. Yeah, that's to, to to frame how long that is. That's the, that's game week for Georgia. That's the Monday before Georgia plays Vandy, right? Yeah. So that's right. That that's is. how far away that is, and the Braves are going to be. That's how long their season is, and they're all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. now we got to go Denver for a game. That'll be Kirby's first press conference, uh, not counting preseason, but that'll be his first Monday presser of the of the season. Yeah. We'll have a special presentation of the Braves that night. <laughs> I don't understand why. It's it's almost like you would think the 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 players union or or what or whatever, but I, I guess it goes back to to revenue for home games. But it's almost like the the players would want to say to the to the owners, hey, look, if we get in this situation where we get snowed out or rained out on the last game of a home uh, like of a home stand of somebody we're not playing, but they are scheduled to come to our place, we'll play a doubleheader, even if one team gets to be. Like the the home team in the visitor stadium, right? And the and the Braves even could sell it, and we'll give you the gate for one of the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, so you're not. Yeah, you're getting, I mean, it seems like there there's a better way to do that than to have because if I'm a Braves fan and they're in the in the hunt, I don't want them to have to go New York and then fly to Denver and play a game and then fly back to the East Coast and play in Toronto. That is nonsensical. 
No, it puts them in a bit of a disadvantage, yeah. too, compared to some other teams. Maybe if the, the lead is large enough, Atlanta could just forfeit the game. Just not show <laughs> what up. What if they just said, we're good. <laughs> hey, Y'all can have it. Hey, where are the Braves at? Actually, I think that game, and I wasn't – I'm not sure if it's Eastern time or if it was Mountain time, but it's 1 o'clock is when they're going to play it on that Monday. Ooh. Which, which could be at 11 a.m. out there. I think it's 1 Eastern, actually, is the time they said. So. 1 Eastern. Yeah. So hopefully that game – well, there's no way they would make that Mets game a night game now. They wouldn't move that to Sunday night. Yeah, the Braves would have to fight no, that they, if they wanted to. Because who did that last year? I think the, the Yankees, Yankees called ESPN on that, or they called TV on that one and TV – caved well didn't they threaten basically to not allow any other reporters access <laughs> yeah something yeah, they yeah. did something like that and espn it's, went eh, okay and that was to go to like baltimore or something it wasn't like flying across the country yeah. it wasn't like what the braves are going to have to do here well that is unfortunate i know it's mother nature and it's the weather and everything but i guess that's what it is i know i got the email earlier today with the uh makeup on that on that thing i'll have to let's see re- you said it was uh it's been scheduled for one fifty-five Eastern. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Three ten Eastern. Oh, th- so it is. So, so it's, it is one ten. It okay. is one ten local time. Which was the, the 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 time it was supposed to be played today? Except it's still April in Denver, and they had a blizzard. So. <laughs> So, uh, Brain, you'll be good to know that we won't have to, uh, we won't be carrying that game that day. You you and Jeff will be doing updates during the home okay. team since it's a 310 first pitch. We'll keep everyone posted on that, though. But the Braves suddenly are uh, going well after getting swept by the Phillies. They've won those seven of eight games. And the guy is like, is Dan, so is Dansby Swanson, is he finally, is the light He's ball, the MVP. Has it gone off? Is He's he, healthy. Is he good? Or is this He's like. good so far. Or is it like because it's the beginning of the season, you really notice it. Like he could have a run like this in August, sandwiched around just being Dansby, and you wouldn't notice it so much that hey, Dansby's kind of yeah. hot. But yeah, so is it sustainable, or do we trust this? Don't think we have enough of a sample size of him to know whether we trust this or not. But at least he's he's there's no pressure on him at the moment. I'm kind of dying on another hill over here on uh, on the morning show. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, but and and Swanson actually is what made me think of this, and he's actually helping my cause here a little bit. The fact that the Braves are batting Ronald Acuna cleanup is driving me bananas. I don't like that either. He needs to be batting one, two, or three. In other words, and I don't have a, um, I'm not an an anti Snicker guy, but this is how I see this. Every day, he's presented the option of, his, of three guys who are guaranteed in at bat in the first inning. And every game, he passes on Acuna. And, and one of them is Josh Donaldson, who hits second. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is driving me bonkers. And last night, Acuna let off the second inning with a home run. He didn't bat in the first inning. It was only the second time this year in 11 games that Acuna didn't bat in the first inning. But what's driving me crazy is, is that there is an option of three guys that you guaranteed an at bat in the first inning, and he's not one of them, and it's driving me crazy. Well, and over the course of the season, the yeah. two guys on the Brave in the Braves lineup that I want to have the most plate appearances are Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. <laughs> exactly. You know, Freeman's in you know, hitting third. I'll I'll take that. But yeah. 
the the two spots in the order that are going to have the most plate appearances are the first and the second one. Yes. And Acuna should be. And that, that's where he was last year. Yeah. I don't know why the decision was made to, to, to put to, him at cleanup. Was to, it to protect to have, Freeman? To have more – well, which he does, I guess. But the way it was explained to me was is that this gives him an opportunity to have men on base when he comes up to the plate. Okay. Which – he could do that fair in enough. Hole, have men yes, on base. Yes, he could. Last night when he got his first at bat, there was nobody on base and he homered. Uh, which I guess you could say, well, if Enciarte made an out and he came up number two in the lineup and homered, but but the the argument there is is that well at least he got to hit in the first inning. I know, like I said, it it probably sounds kind of minute to talk about and not that big of a deal. But it drives me crazy. I used to be anti-pitcher batting in the eighth inning, uh, but batting in the eight hole. And then the Cardinals kind of showed me how you can make that work by having Pujols hit third in the lineup and have the pitcher eighth, and then essentially he's the cleanup hitter the rest of the game. Right. And that's what I think the Braves should do with Acuna, even if they bat Freddie second, or you know whatever your best on base guys, let them hit at the top of the order. I know Josh Donaldson, a pro, you know, our buddy Bill Shank said that he feels like Donaldson kind of got this some kind of unwritten approval from AA or whoever that he was going to bat second, and that's why he's batting second. Like the but twenty mil's not enough. <laughs> I was going to. I'll come play for you for twenty three million, but and batting second. I have to bat second. But at what point is it not good? I think we've already passed that. Well, yeah. We're a tenth of the way through the season, or almost, well, maybe like 11th of the way through the season or something, but still. Well, you know, I guess as far as the the Braves right now are running good, so as long as they maintain that, uh, people will probably let it slide. Yeah. But the the thing that has me with the Braves is I'm sick of seeing Julio pitch. I've, I've had my fill of him. Yep. I agree. I agree. And that performance the other night, was just classic Julio. He was yep. good for five innings, but he was horrific for one inning, but he still got the win. And he can't go any deeper than five innings. Yeah, because he throws so many pitches. Right, and the Braves' bullpen is they, – they were They're shaky. They, it's shaky, though. Yeah. I still don't trust it. Even they, they had four scoreless the other night, but you're walking on eggshells with so that So who bullpen. do you trust more, the Braves' bullpen or Dansby? Dansby, honestly, because Dansby is even if I'm, I think like okay, he's gonna he's gonna come back some down to earth offensively. He is legitimately a good defensive yeah, shortstop. Yeah, though. no, he's a quality player. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, he's a he's a very good player who maybe now that he's got this wrist fixed, maybe the weight of the world is maybe kind of lifted from him a little bit. Hey, this guy's born in Marietta. We're building a brand new stadium. We're we're bringing the team to his home. Right. It's like, whoa, that's kind of a lot of pressure. We've already seen Jason Hayward kind of crack with that. We've Frank seen Coeur. Frank Coor not handle that great. So now they put this pressure on Swanson. Maybe he's handling it better. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, where the whole like the like the the media blitz and the campaign and the publicity around the team isn't surround like it was really based on him a couple years ago when yeah. they first got oh, yeah. him and were moving into the stadium. It's like, hey, we just traded for the number one overall pick, and by the way, we're putting a stadium in his backyard. Yeah, and I was like, well, maybe there's a reason why the number one pick was on the market. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm with you. Uh, I would buy stock in Dansby before I would in the Braves bullpen. Not that they they can't go out and. 
held themselves is that now they have this they could have a seven man rotation if they wanted to right now. Well with Fulte and Soroka is you know, Julio Fulte's in that seven man? Well, that's true. Let's say six. Am I leaving somebody out? Maybe not. Because who I mean, there's Fult let's leave Julio out. Fulte. Newcomb, Gossman. Yep. Um, Freed, who looks great. Yeah, Freed has looked really Kyle good. Kyle Wright, he, they, could, they could slip him down to Gwinnett, let yeah. him pitch down there. And then, so when Soroka comes back, did you already say yeah. him? That'd yeah. be six. And then Colby, well, Colby Allard. Now probably I'm reaching too Maybe far Maybe at now. some point, Tukey. Yeah, yeah, he could be there. Yeah. They've got options. Right, and options. one of them doesn't have to be Tehran. No. I mean, for, I know because the, the guys, because Fultonevich has been hurt, Gossman started the year hurt that it was he needed to be in there but i've just you know what you're getting with him now every time and even if he has a couple of uh, you know, innings where he's not giving up any runs it's like you're still the there are guys on base against him he's it's just living just dangerously i i totally or or albies has to make a hero play right get an out yeah that kind of thing uh now the other team in the state Georgia, it's good to run for baseball here. The uh, dogs are going to Knoxville this weekend to take on Tennessee. They're four and zero in SEC series. Just held Vanderbilt to one hit Sunday in the last game of that series. Are we getting deep enough now into the season where maybe a couple weeks ago, like we'll wait and see, we're banged up, but are you still are you starting to feel now like you know, we, we could we could get to Omaha? Yeah, I'm definitely feeling that way. Although this weekend feels like a trap or a a, a look ahead like we like to talk about in football yeah um so let down look ahead yeah i don't want to like just completely say this team is going to definitely be in omaha but i feel like they're certainly just because of their pitching and defense they have a shot at it a very good shot at it and it's and offensively they're good enough to be an omaha team and getting Meadows back and getting Sullivan back helps. So I guess what I'm saying is they've got enough pitching. Actually, a great – I think the, the the four starters are as good as anybody in the country. Not the SEC, but the country. And the defense has been terrific. So because of that, you don't have to be the 27 Yankees and average 10 runs a game. You just have to have a quality offense, and I think Georgia has that. Yeah, there was a UCLA won the national title a couple of years ago, and they ranked in the hundreds offensively. Yeah. And Georgia's not that bad, but you just couldn't score on them. Right, right. And that's how this team. Well, I don't know if you feels. heard. I did the math on this. So Georgia gave up three runs in the third inning against Kennesaw last week, and since then, between the last six innings of Kennesaw, the Three games against Vandy, which there was an 11 inning game mix in there, and the game last night, Tuesday night against Tech. That's 44 consecutive innings where the opposition has scored one or zero runs in the inning. They haven't 44 consecutive non-multi-run, and that's that's Vandy offense. This is the best offense they've had in a decade. And they'd so come in and were smoking they hot. They were smoking hot. And this pitching has just completely locked down the opponent. And that's I mean, how many teams have a Sunday starter that can hold Vandy to one hit, which is <laughs> the pitcher of the week. Yeah. That's so there's just no no let up. If you're a team playing Georgia and you see Hancock on Friday and you're like, All right, well at least we got that out of the way, but sure. I mean, maybe CJ Smith doesn't have the stuff Hancock does, but he's 
been as tough to score on. And then obviously you get Losey there on Sunday. And once you get into the postseason, then you throw Tim Elliott into the mix. It's and incredible. It's just, yeah. It's going to be hard to score. Elliott, and now Elliott's doing, you know, he was doing it against the Brooklyns and the Alabama States of the world, which, by the way, Brooklyn beating Georgia, that might be the biggest upset in college baseball this year if you want to look at everything. But anyway, now Elliott's doing it to Tech and doing it to Clemson. So he's, you know, his Tuesday night starts are the equivalent of weekend starts yeah. now. And he's going deep, seven innings. Yeah. Last night was terrific. Yeah. It was really good. All right. It's the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in uh, Watkinsville. Chris Brame, David Johnston. Appreciate you checking us out today. If you're listening on demand at 960theref.com, of course, as always, you can subscribe to us on itunes we'll uh do a quick break we'll come back we'll uh hit the masters throw some uh picks out there for who we like this week and uh, some georgia football too a week and a half from g day it's the crossover podcast on 960theref.com i like wings i want pizza i need a salad because i'm on a diet can we sit outside you can't please all the people all the time unless you take them to fully loaded pizza kitchen in watkinsville you'll find all your italian favorites from pizza to baked ziti along with sandwiches chicken fingers and more plus a full bar for beer wine and cocktails and a patio to enjoy the nice weather so you can all agree the place to eat is fully loaded pizza kitchen in the manders crossing shopping center off mars hill road in watkinsville and coming soon to five points in athens all right back with you the crossover podcast presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in watkinsville along with uh, david johnston from the morning show i am chris brame from the home team and uh, like i said we're uh we've put this out a little earlier this week so we could touch on the masters where it is uh it's fair there's no reason to question it rory certainly is the the favorite this week for a reason he's the hottest player in the world He's got five consecutive top ten finishes at the Masters. He's finished no worse than six this year in any stroke play event and even won the Players' Championship. But uh, how do you feel about him? Is it, I mean, are you uneasy about him, though, or do you think like, no, 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 I think this is finally his time? Who took him down in the match play? It was uh, Tiger. <laughs> oh, funny yeah. how that always – Who then seems... lost to Beer Garden. Yeah, uh, whoever, to the Beer Garden. Was. Yeah, who, by the way, is actually really good, but, you know – so, yeah, it's funny. It, it, doesn't it always come back around to Tiger? And I think when at the match play, Rory had lost, like, what, three holes in the first, like, three days or something? Yeah. And then he loses to Tiger. And really, that was a deal. Like, Tiger only was, like, two under for that round. Yeah. Like, Rory just, he stunk that morning yeah. for some reason. Which is interesting you say that. So, is there that pressure? Does Tiger represent the Masters at the match play? And now that Rory's in Augusta... Is there that pressure because he hasn't won the Masters and that's the one he needs for the career Grand Slam? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing that is strange about him. If you think like, well, he's you know he's got scar tissue from how close he's been. 2011, that meltdown is that's hard to believe. That was eight years ago. Yeah, where he hit it into like the, where he hit like the dark side of the moon. I had never seen those yeah. little yeah. cabins they have exactly. back there before. Yeah, but like he's he's finished in the top ten now five years in a row. Played in the final group last year with uh, Patrick Reed. So it's not like he's just been terrible. Right. He obviously plays well at Augusta, but if it, it just is that pressure of I've never come here playing better than I am right now. And this is the the last the missing piece to the career Grand Slam. Is that just too much for him to to overcome when it comes to just actually winning? You've brought up Rory's good at backdooring top tens and top fives. How many times has he done that at Augusta? 
I, f- I feel like most of those in the la- outside of last year's where he was in the final group, the ones before that I feel like were that way where he wasn't really in the hunt and just played well on Sunday. So does that put that stat in a little bit different light? Maybe because even as he's as well as he's played this year, that has still been a knock on him. As yeah. is, he hasn't really just posted a really low Sunday round and won. He's had a hard time closing. Right. Like even when he won the players, it's not like he went really low right. that day. Yeah, and and I guess earlier in his career, he was a a great front runner. Now it doesn't like I'm thinking of like what we were talking about. Although that Masters a long time ago, that's still hard to believe that was that that long ago but yeah i don't know i i i've got rory as my pick to win it i do but he's got a lot of demons he's trying to exercise and he's you know he's going up against the weight of the world trying to to win the career grand slam it's crazy like for me i'd probably like him more this week if he hadn't won the players a couple weeks ago like i you could tell the way when he kept finishing in the top five like yeah. all year, like, okay, it's been a year because he hadn't won since the Arnold's tournament in 2018. It had been a full calendar year. But you just knew eventually he was going to win because he just kept putting himself in that position week after week after week. And um, But then he finally did at the players, and so I'd, I wish he hadn't done that. And I might like him a little bit more. The two guys that, that I'm kind of gravitating to – because they're two of the best players in the world, and all of a sudden it feels like because of the run Rory's had, they're finally under the radar enough that maybe they can deal with it. But Fowler's one of them. And then the other one is Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. We know what happened to him two years ago. <laughs> Everyone was picking him to win, then he fell on the steps. Got to get him to the first tee. Yeah. But so he <laughs> and if play- you do, he's going to be at least in the top ten. Right. His, la- his last three starts, he has finished in the top ten <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. But he didn't start, unfortunately, right. two years you just ago. You've got to get him to the first tee. Then you know you've got a, a horse that's got a chance to win it. I'm with you, too, on on a, on DJ. And what about Kepka? No one ever talks about him, and then majors roll around and he wins them. He's won three of the last so, seven. Yeah, yeah. Does, does he factor into this? I would put him in a force. What is his like- master's? I know he's been hurt, too, so he's – He didn't play last year, right? right? Yeah, so his um, his Masters, let's see, had a wrist injury last year, so he didn't play. And this is his his best finish is a tie for 11 two years ago. This will be his fourth appearance. So there's not a huge sample size for him on this. Four appearances, he doesn't have a top 10. And he's I guess not, three three appearances, no top ten. And he's one guy too who's not even playing well right now. But yeah. I don't. I just don't think that matters with him when it comes <laughs> to either. when you look at his major record. If he's not winning them, he's yeah. finishing in the top twenty. Is he not? I mean, just because of his his record in majors, not one of the most intriguing golfers of the last twenty years. The guy's yeah. won three majors. Well, yeah, because it's like he's won three times as many majors as Dustin Johnson, <laughs> Jason Day, Justin Thomas. Ricky hasn't won one, but those guys are way more famous and popular. Exactly, I know it's crazy. It, it is. So I, I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely interested to see what what Brooks is going to do. But I think you bring up Fowler. He's an interesting one too because he's got the weight of the world. Of is he the best player right now that hasn't won a major? Yes, yeah, it's Sergio finally. Since Sergio broke, broke through. through a couple of years ago. So yeah, and, and by the way, I do like the note on Sergio is that he holds the record for most master starts 
before finally donning the green jacket. So you can throw that one out to your uh, to your friends. He uh, is 19. So let's see. His first vic- This is what it says in the, in the Masters book. Sergio, in 2017, set the record for most starts by a Masters champion before his first victory with 19. So does that mean he won and on how, his 19? And how many times did he really even <laughs> contended? He probably whined about that place more than he contended. Yeah. Yeah. That was so one things where you, you just can't figure out. Yeah, if you were going to predict that Sergio was eventually going to win a major, like it would have been the British Open for yeah. sure, not the Masters. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And he's been close at the British. Right. But that's been the thing about the Masters. You got Reed, Sergio, and Sergio's a great player, but that was unexpected. Will it? You're, you're, we've been really on this run since you had that Phil Tiger Phil those three years in a row they won it and then you had Zach Johnson, Immelman, Cabrera Phil did win it again then you had Schwartzel I mean I know we, we love Bubba because he went to Georgia but let's when Bubba first won the Masters I mean no one saw that coming no. and honestly when he won it again no one saw that coming <laughs> I know so. and then both times he won at Riviera right before he won the Masters yeah he didn't win Riviera this year. So that means J.B. Holmes, I guess, is going to win the Masters this year. I, what about connection? Yeah. What about Rosie? He's number one in the world, but he's kind of – it feels like he's flying under the radar a I, little bit. Yeah, and he's gone where he had that second, and then he, you know, wasn't really a factor. Then he finished second again. Then last year, so he wasn't really a right. factor. And so maybe if he continues on that pattern, he's going to be right back in yeah. the mix. And people forget he lost to Sergio in a playoff. Yeah. So he's only missed one cut at a guy. Right, so. right. So I'm now I'm wondering if like since no, he's number one in the world, but no one's really talking about him. Maybe it might be his year this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, well, but at least they're not having the Masters on G Day weekend. No, that's the the bad news is is the Masters is going to be over after this weekend. The good news is we still have G Day to look forward to. So as spring practice winds down. Uh, you know, it's been outside of some off the field nonsense. It's been a pretty quiet spring, which is what you always like really i mean the most noteworthy thing that's happened has been this move by walter grant to running back which i guess has got to say more about the guys he's going up against on defense as much as it says about him does it not i mean just hey let's see what this guy can do on offense well and i'm just curious to see like exactly what is his role because my assumption is he's going to be some sort of fullback h-back that might be uh pave the way clear some space as a blocker as we you know remember from last year georgia did struggle in short yardage situations and did the, the fullback not just at georgia but the fullback pretty much across football has become an endangered species and is pretty much extinct so you know, is that what they're looking at him to do? I don't know because I it was DeAndre Swift. I was reading a comment about him with Grant, and it's like, well, right now Grant still has that linebacker mentality where he's just running into guys instead of trying to avoid them. So to me, it sounds like he's out there practicing just as more, not just a blocker, but he's carrying the ball, carrying the football. I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, having seen him play, he's a he's a specimen. He's a fantastic athlete. So is it the his versatility that's making them see if he can play in the backfield on the offensive side? Is it the competition at the linebacker spot or defensive end or whatever? I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there some concern about the rotation or depth at that position? I know there's there's been a lot of positive uh, things being said about Zamir White's recovery yeah. again, but 
We're talking about a, a kid who's had now two two horrible knee injuries and hasn't played football since his senior season in high school. Right. Because of it. James Cook has been hurt. Um, so you've got, what, Swift and Harrion? And then yeah, Matt McIntosh is coming yeah. in. Prather Hudson. Who's Ed, also hurt. Who's also, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, and the thing is, you don't want – Swift doesn't need to carry the football next Saturday. Harrion doesn't need to carry the football next Saturday. No. If that, so, now, outside of uh, Steth the Jet and uh, Dwan Mathis, now honestly, Walter Grant is the guy I'm most uh, excited to see. And like, all right, what does this look like with him at running back? What what is the exact role he's filling there? Uh, and maybe that's it, because there is a ton of depth on the defensive side where he plays. So maybe that's what they're wanting to try to do. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I, this is gonna be an interesting G day. And Kirby's even kind of said it's like, hey, you know, we, we want a good crowd, everybody to come on out. But it, the, just the way he was talking, and maybe this is me just misreading what he's saying, but it's like he's saying this isn't going to be like a G-Day for the ages or anything like that. This is when we need to get through and get ready for the season. Well, and I've, This is I've, not a quarterback battle, like, unless you want to count the, the backup spot, which I don't think there is. I think Stet the Jet he's the backup, is the backup, yeah. like you said, with running backs. I think it is interesting to see the receiver position. There are definitely some holes to fill there and some – candidates but like you know Blaylock Pickens those guys they'll be shining more I guess in August so yeah you know so as far as all that goes I mean what is the big the big thing uh, I mean besides hey getting to see Georgia football which is awesome but what is the the thing that you want to see next Saturday it's probably Stetson Bennett <laughs> yeah. just because he's been this like this almost mythical figure from uh, the practice squad that we actually yeah. haven't ever seen play right so yeah I'm just into seeing the quarterbacks throw a lot even though I know Fromm's the starter yep. and fingers crossed he does not get hurt at any point during the season but not so there's that and then yeah I mean I am curious about you know, the what what role Walter Grant is going to fill specifically at a running back? Are we going to see him, you know, getting toss sweeps and stuff? Yeah. Or is he just going to be lead blocking or something? Yeah, like I don't that? know. I don't know. I yeah. guess we'll find out next Saturday. We'll talk more uh, leading into G Day on uh, next week's edition of the Crossover Podcast. So you're picking Rory. I th- now I feel like I taught myself into Justin Rose. Um, the foursome I threw out was Dustin Johnson, Ricky, uh, Matsuyama as sort of a longer shot, and then I also had Rose. You had Rose. We did one on the morning show where I ended up with McElroy, Rose, Kepka, and I'm trying to think of who I took for my fourth pick. Um, but it was somebody way up in the in – the t- it wasn't like I went out on a limb or anything like that, but – I'm kind of feeling like Rosie or, uh, or Rory, one of those two. I'll go Rosie. Well, the way things have worked out uh, lately, Charlie Hoffman will be putting the green jacket on <laughs> Sunday. Because he did just, wasn't he, he was the leader last year after 36 holes, wasn't he? Hoffman? And then he just finished second in Texas. So so here he comes. He kind of yeah. shows up on the big leaderboards, which is kind of weird. And yeah. he hit a hole in one last year. Yeah, so, so he was either the first round leader, but I want to say he was... He led going into the weekend. He may have. Yeah, I think you're right. Now that now that I think about so, it, that's how it'll work. He'll win. He probably will. Yes. Recent form. So of you, the you don't have Tiger in your foursome. No, no. His putter, I don't trust it. To be fair, I don't trust Matsuyama's either. But at some point, I've been though, on him he's going to break through, right? I think he is. Yeah. And he's got it. He's another guy that has a good. I think he's got four straight top. 
tens or fifteens, maybe at Augusta. He's played well there. Oh yeah, yeah. He, of course, it's, my fourth was uh, Paul Casey. I'm sorry. I, okay. I always, yeah. I always put him in my Masters foursome. He well, he loves a, that place. Yeah. He plays well there. He's always looking. Yeah, that was my fourth. All right, uh, appreciate you checking us out again this week. Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. As always, subscribe on iTunes or uh, just listen here on demand at 960theref.com. For David Johnston, I'm Chris Brayman. Uh, We'll be back next week with another exciting edition of the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville here on 960theref.com. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.